You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your host, Brad Jackson. And we've got us a little Mexican San Andreas this week. What are we smoking? Well, it's not a soiree. It's a Juarez? I don't know. Juarez, like Juarez, Mexico. Like Walrus? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of the mines. I, I hear these Mexican town names. <laughs> well, I mean, your your Spanish has obviously uh, been much better than you know my non-educated <laughs> self. So. Um, I do know that this sports a Mexican San Andreas wrapper with Ecuadorian Sumatra binders, Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. This is going to come in at the medium to full strength. Yeah, this is the newest cigar from Crowned Heads. Uh, and this particular Vitola is the Willie Lee, uh, which is a 6x54. And yeah, it's got a cool little bull on the, on the wrapper. So if you want to... You know, do some bullfighting. Yeah, I guess this would be the the cigar to, to pair that with. What was the other cigar that had a bull? Um, uh, the... Illusion Bull yeah, or something? Yeah, the Illusion Bull. Yeah. So I... I so this doesn't cost quite as much as that one does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, like, one of the things right off the bat was, um, you know, basically the taste of black pepper right off the bat. And this is also a, uh, you know, heavily, you know... Produces a lot of smoke. Yeah, I like a Mexican San Andreas flavor because it's it's just got that kind of uh, that spice. The spicy boys. <laughs> but yeah, this um, I I you know, this definitely smokes like the dark cigar that it is. <laughs> um, you know that was one of the the things right off the uh, the bat. Um. I don't know, for me, very heavy and, you know, cedar and pepper. Those are the, the two big things that I get out of this. Yeah, and construction-wise, it's a little tight. I mean, there's it's kind of a not an easy draw so far, but yeah, and like I said, was... this is the literally the new-new. It's uh, So it may not have... I guess rested in the humidor <laughs> quite that long. And you know the, the the reason we bring that up is typically you know oh it's a one off, but you know both you and I had that same experience. You know it it definitely has a tighter you know draw to it, so it's um you know requires a little bit more effort. Um, you know <laughs> not to the extent that it's like oh well guys it's plugged you you gotta unplug the cigar and it's like no it, yeah, it just it, it hasn't gone out i'm yeah i'm still getting smoke on every puff it's just gotta take a little bit a little bit you know stronger tug on it than uh you gotta you want you know that smoking experience you know it isn't just gonna hand it to you and uh yeah, do you deserve the smoking experience <laughs> do you deserve to you grab the bull by the horns yeah damn right boy grab that bull <laughs> and we're gonna we're talking about a, a very irregular topic. Yeah, yeah. If, if if you're feeling a little irregular, you can take some X-Lax, or you can turn on Netflix and watch The Irregulars, which 
basically is Victorian supernatural. <laughs> That's probably about the best way I could sum it up. I was actually trying to describe, you know, Rachel's like, what the hell are you watching? Some nerd shit? And, you know, she sat down and she's like, oh, this is kind of entertaining. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, alternate history meets, you know, um, X-Files meets Supernatural. Um, is that, yeah, either you say Victorian Supernatural or... Steampunk Stranger Things. <laughs> Not enough brown. Not enough brown. Not enough gears. Mm, yeah. You know, if I had more gears, absolutely, I would... Uh... Speaking of which, uh, Ed, I caught an episode of something yesterday called uh, The Nevers, which is straight-up Victorian steampunk X-Men. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. I think it's an HBO original. Like I said, it's, it happened to pop on at the shop. But yeah, like I don't know if that's on your HBO Max app or not, but it it looked pretty interesting. I'm like I may have to give that one a shot because yeah, it was it, like I said very steampunk and but with people with powers. What what was it <laughs> again? What it's was... called the Nevers. The Nevers. Yeah, it just happened to like pop on at the shop the other night, and I was like, this is interesting. But yeah, you know if you're gonna yeah. have to uh... Skynet confirmed yeah. very first thing as soon as I loaded up uh, HBO, HBO Max. Max. So there, there's just something else to watch since you were looking for something else to justify your subscription. Oh, there's another thing! Yay! <laughs> and if you're gonna have to fight uh, supernatural crime in Victorian London, you should call on the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for twenty percent off your order, and comes in tiny little tin pouches. So you know, if you got to fight off a tooth fairy. You can stash some in your bag. And with or that, it doesn't require teeth to open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with that, we'll be all right back. And it's time to get irregular, which normally that's not something you want to happen. You prefer to be regular and, you know, eat your prunes. I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, before we get into any spoilers or anything, um, I, I don't know that I want to be a member of the irregulars. I mean, <laughs> for a... This is so weird because it's almost, you know, coming of age in some senses and, and that sort of thing. But um, I don't think I'm sleuth enough uh, to be able to fit in with that crowd. <laughs> I, I think B would just straight up kick my ass. She might. She's a bad bitch. That's <laughs> what, what B stands for. Yes. Um, so as we said in the intro, this is kind of like, uh, like Victorian Supernatural where... It's almost like a British Stranger Things, but, you know, centered more so on the occult, and each episode is, you know, self-contained. So it isn't necessarily like, hey, I've got to follow every single episode to go on, but, you know, the character development and progression between each episode, you know, it helps if you, you know, watch it. Yeah, and there's kind of like, I guess, an overarching 
plot. But within that, there's these little kind of one-off adventures, you know, with, cause basically there's, it's a group of teenager street kids living in, in a cellar. Uh, Dude, they're from the gutter. <laughs> uh, we have Spike uh, played by Mikel David, who is kind of like the, uh, he's the face man of the, of this a team. You know, he's, uh, you know, the, the guy who like knows everybody and can kind of talk his way into anything. And then you have B played by Thadia Graham, who is the, the leader of, of the group. And we have Billy, who's the kind of the muscle, uh, hothead who wants to fight everything played by Jojo Makari. And then you have, uh, Harrison Osterfield as Leo, who is basically like the Prince of England, but he is tired of being, he's, well, he's, I mean, he's got a medical he's, condition, he's, yeah, he's, so he's, he was born with hemophilia, which means like basically, if you get cut, you're gonna bleed because you don't, you don't, your your blood doesn't clot like it's supposed to. So he's been lived a sheltered life and is like, I got to get the fuck out of this, uh, <laughs> go hang with some real people. So he sneaks out the out of the uh, out of the castle and ends up joining this uh, this team uh, under a kind of a false uh, name. And then you have Jesse, which is like their Eleven, played by Darcy Shaw. She, yeah, they think she's crazy because she has like nightmares, but then she finds out that like her nightmares are actually visions, and she has powers to enter people's minds and see what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna be extra paranoid, you know. Now, anytime like somebody grabs me by the wrist, I'm gonna be like, "What the fuck are you doing? You trying to get in my thoughts? <laughs> get out of there!" Like you don't want to be in there. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I don't want to be in there, and it's my head. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I you know. yeah. So this is in the the era of uh, Sherlock Holmes, and you know the. Convent- but I mean, I don't know. I mean, because you definitely have the Scotland Yard era, but this is you know, I mean, I can remember you know reading a lot of Sherlock Holmes novels and stuff like that, and. It was always, you know, the the witty genius, you know, the, you know, uber sleuth. And, you know, here it's, oh, well, let's take Sherlock, and um, he's now a strung-out drug addict who has none of those abilities, you know, who has completely become... Yeah, and it's, that's kind of the... The polar the... opposite of how we would imagine Sherlock Holmes traditionally. And that's kind of, like, one of the other, like, you know, kind of plot points is... You know, the, this adventure kind of starts when Dr. Watson contacts B and it's like, Hey, I've been, cause they live kind of on the same street and he's like, we're and you. And she, he contracts him. He's like, Hey, we're detectives and, um, we're working a case where, uh, some children have been kidnapped babies. And one of the sisters who's probably witness has gone missing, but she, we know she's probably living on the streets and we're respectable men. So, we need you to kind of make contact and, and investigate and we'll, we'll pay you. You're going to be, you know, the Victorian era snitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you sends them off because they're like, you know, need the money. But yeah, that's kind of like the, because from the start of it, you really only see Watson as their contact. You don't see Sherlock Holmes. And over the course of the, the story, you kind of do save dear Watson. You, you you finally meet Holmes, and it's like, yeah, he's like the famous detective we've always seen, but here he's a broken man. And then you're trying to, like, 
what happened to do this to Holmes? So there's like, you know, you get like a little bit of the story, a little bit of the story. And finally, like, you know, you find cause they, you know, cause eventually after they, you know, this first mission, uh, which we'll kind of get a little deeper in that, but they, you realize what they're dealing with is not just natural crime. It's some kind of weird paranormal thing. And she's like, what the fuck did you get us into Watson? And he's like, some kind of darkness has come to London. It happened 15 years ago, but we thought it was done. And now the darkness has returned and you know, need you to figure this shit out with me. So it's like, you realize like, you know, whatever happened with that first incident is what broke Holmes. And you know, he's and then Watson's been trying to like, I guess, cover for him since then. <laughs> it's like somebody's gotta pick up the slack here. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, you know, with with that bit of a tease, um go and check out Irregulars. Here's your spoiler warning. For here on out, we about to spoil this shit. Like some meat before refrigeration and no <laughs> salt. Oh. Yeah, and like a the freaking first episode, like, yeah. I, I have it, to say, like, from the opening and everything else, like, dude, this shit got dark, and it got dark quick. Yeah, like, I was not expecting it to be, like, scary. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, you know, at, at at certain moments, it's like, holy fuck, did they just, you know, do a reimagining of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and, you know, just... <laughs> Bring this shit in, you know, modern graphics and CGI and everything else. And it's like, dude, like, there were sequences that this pulled off better than, you know, film, horror films I've seen. Like, <laughs> yeah, when it, it's like, you know, when the uh, preview popped up on Netflix, it's like, oh, you know, teenagers investigating paranormal crimes. So I thought it would be Watson. like Stranger Things. Yeah. More, you know, more... lighthearted Goonies, you know. Like, no, this was like, yeah. No. The, scary like... as fuck. <laughs> like, oh, damn. This is, this is getting, the, the only weird thing is the, the soundtrack of the show. And I kind of like the soundtrack, but it's like. See, I don't remember it's much almost... of the soundtrack, though. Like, I only remember like the first couple episodes. I didn't really notice it toward the end once they really got kind of hot and heavy on the actual mystery. But it's like house techno fucking club music. But, you know, with the backdrop of Victorian London, the soundtrack did not fit the visuals. <laughs> and it's like, it's like freaking, I'm like, listen this up in the club, you know, and it's like, the fuck are we doing in the 1800s, man? This music is kind of weirding me out <laughs> playing with this. You know, I'm beginning in your Knight's Tale, kind of like that. It has like the modern rock music yeah. set in like medieval times. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of like just jarring the first <laughs> couple times. I'm like, soundtrack of the show is it's weird. Like, <laughs> what are these things does not belong? <laughs> like, I mean, you would think like, you know, this would be given the backdrop and everything else. Like, dude, I, I'd be going to, like, some of the steampunk archives and be like, hey, what can we do with, uh, you know... Yeah, it's kind of like that, like, whatever, uh, electro-jazz uh, steampunk yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, get some electro-swing or, you know, something of that nature, um, but... Yeah, no. I mean, instead, they were like, ah, fuck history. We're going straight EDM up in this bitch. <laughs> and boots and pants and boots and pants. Uh... Yeah, I'd like his first episode, too. You get, uh, as you're kind of getting introduced to the characters and stuff, uh, you know, they they get the name of the girl that uh, Watson's trying to track down. 
and Spike, like I said, Spike is like the face man. He's like the con guy. He's like, like, how Dude, are we going to find like one person? He in is London? the skeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cause later on he's like, you know, with the team, you know, cause every hero's journey, there's that setback where you're like, Oh, everyone's getting, uh, separated and knocked off. And he's like, you're trying to convince him. He's like, no man, you're the m- muscle of the group. And B is the brains and Lee are, like yeah, the B's heart the heart or something. You know, Jesse's like the you know, the soul, and you know, Leo's the brain. She's like, well, what are you like the mouth? He's like, no, I'm the skeleton. I hold all this shit together, man. <laughs> and I, I, dude, I couldn't. I was like, that is such a fitting analogy. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's because he's like the one that's always like you know, cheering everybody on and like, oh no, we got to we got to get this shit to shit this right. But yeah, when he, you know, it almost reminded me of the. Because when they're like, how are we going to find... I know we need the money, but how are we going to find one person in all of London? And Spike's like, I already found her, mate. <laughs> like, what? And it kind of reminded me of uh, the fucking recap story when the dude's telling the stories from Ant-Man. Like, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, I went and told this guy. And he's like, he's like, no, I don't know them, but you know, this other person might know him. And so I went there, and, and this guy came in, and they were probably fucking. But, <laughs> but they're like, oh, yeah, isn't that the girl that lives above the butcher shop? And <laughs> it was... It is like I said, it reminded me of that. Can we just get to the point? Yeah, it like very much reminded me of those backstory uh, recaps from uh, Ant Man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was the thing. Like, there were quite a few pop culture references. Like, you know, I think this might have been uh, the episode where we got introduced to uh, the word shenanigans. Um, <laughs> you know, and the whole line, say shenanigan one more time, was. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> So I about hit the floor when it's like, <laughs> just say shenanigan one more time. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, because all this starts, it's like B's birthday and her sister's like, come on, you're 17. You should be knee deep in shenanigans right now. She's like, no, I have no time for shenanigans. Oh, you should have time for at least little shenanigans. And I'm just waiting for like, we're not using that word anymore. We're not saying shenanigans anymore. I'm like, oh, I, I wait for like, I'll pistol with the next one. I'm going to say shenanigans. <laughs> Although would they say uh would they say pistol whip? I don't think they would. I I, I think they would say I will bludgeon, I will, you know <laughs> I'll bludgeon. Yeah, because you know, eighteen hundreds, especially in England, you know, gunplay wasn't a, a huge thing yet. <laughs> especially like later on when they do get guns. Yeah, like your fucking spikes like I will flog thee. <laughs> <laughs> the hand spiked the like the rifle and he's like, uh, how do I uh you know rifle someone? <laughs> It doesn't even know the terminology. And, and Watson's like, all right, this is your bolt. You work it. You point it. You pull the... T- never never pull. Squeeze the trigger. I'm like, hi, Watson. Yeah, I mean, Watson giving some, you know, good fatherly advice there. And, you know, I mean, good good safety tips, too. Because, I mean, yeah, you work the bolt like this. Uh, like this. No, not yet. <laughs> and later on, he just, like, hit somebody with it. He's like, look, dude, I rifled him. <laughs> like... Yes, you did. You rifled him very well. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, you, all right, you got a good butt stroke in there. That's not how you rifle someone. <laughs> hey, I'm, you know, improvised weaponry and whatnot. I mean, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, but after they're tracking the girl down, like you said, it looks like, you know, they've redone the birds and they get attacked by this uh, murder of crows. Yeah. And, 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 and these are actually like murderous crows. Um. <laughs> yeah, like they literally like the the girl who's a witness and tells them like you know, you know because you know Watson at first like you know the kid was kidnapped, the room was locked, there was nobody there, 
you know, and then the the daughter like the reason why she ran away is she's like, yeah, I snuck out to like meet my boyfriend and I left the the window open. See, that's like so typical too of all right. Here's the story. Here's the witnesses, you know, side of the story. Somewhere in the middle is the actual truth that explains all of this shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when she tries to like, you know, tell them what she what she saw, all these crows come in and like chase them chase them all down, but it like a, like gets her and like pecks her eyes out. When they find her later and her body's just laying there with like the eyes completely scratched out. I'm like, oh shit, this show's. That was the moment I was like, this show's darker than I expected. Well, that was the other weird thing too that I was like, all right, so you spent all this time to try to gather your witness, and you did nothing to make sure that said witness was, you know, in the middle of, you know, you two running to get away, or. You know, hey, we've got this building that we're going to shelter in. We should probably make sure that the person we want to talk to for information um, is somewhere in our vicinity. But it's all know, kind of like panicked. Like it's mission well, one. They, they they're not they're not professional investigators yet. You could tell that this did not happen in a video game era, because you know, in the video game era, you would have realized right off the bat, oh fuck, we're doing an escort mission. <laughs> yeah, so someone's definitely gonna die. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just the, like you touched, you know, uh, seeing, you know, the, the hollowed out eye sockets, you know, from being pecked by the crows and everything. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's some legit, like, special <laughs> effects. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and this one, uh, you know, before that, we, uh, Jesse, who has these nightmares and goes on a walk of, you know, sleepwalking almost gets run over by a carriage which we find is you know leo who's like talked his bodyguard into letting him out for the night and you know the bodyguard who's like a your typical uh hoity-toity guy gets out and like starts yelling at them for almost run over run over him and b almost kicks his ass he's like hey you're the fucker that was speeding get your ass back in your uh your 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 carriage for a throat punch you and he's like oh damn this girl's hot <laughs> so <laughs> i like an aggressive woman and you know so leo's you know sneaks out and does his best uh his little adventure of like never leaving the castle and finally going to like out and about where he's like goes like the first like pub and he's like because he, the thing he remembers like i saw this pub when we so the girl has to live nearby so he goes into like the first pub he sees and he's like Hi, you know, uh, I would like a pint of ale, please. And just like throws a bunch of money on the counter. He's like, "Is this enough?" Oh yeah, yeah, it's enough. And then like <laughs> it's some hooker exactly tries to pick that him amount. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to find a place." Oh, you're you're new to London, are you? And like, you know, big girl <laughs> takes him upstairs. Yeah, he uh, he he definitely was not prepared for the uh, you know, the the brothel experience. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Uh, excuse me, ma'am, there's been a huge mistake." <laughs> And by huge, I think it's on your chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but he eventually finds uh, B and turns out, you know, because after the the whole eye pecking incident, she goes to Watson and is like, what the fuck did you get us into? And she's like, oh, does you and your sister not really need money? Like, you know, hey, here's the police reports of the other kidnappings. You know, go do some more investigating. And like, she's like sitting there like, I'm like a freaking street kid. I'm, I got street smarts, but I don't know what the hell I'm reading here. And you know, you know, Leo's like, "Oh, here, let me see that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I, I read a lot of books. <laughs> this feather you found is from this bird who shouldn't be in London, and they call it like an unkindness or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh yeah, we we finally got." He's like, "But hey, 
you know, why don't you track down all the other kids that, you know, both these kids that got kidnapped were born on the same day. Why don't we track down like, you know, he's their like guy on the computer. (laughs) If it was a modern story, he would be the guy on the computer and he's like, oh yeah, we can just go to the library and look through the town records and tell you exactly how many kids were born that day. Quick to the interwebs. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, the interwebs at the time is just, you know, word of mouth (laughs) digging through books. (laughs) I'm going to index that. Yeah, you remember, like, used to be, you know, a a social, uh, well, no, like a a social status to have, like, the bookcase of encyclopedias and whatnot, like. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember those, like, subscription ones that was, like, you'd go to the grocery store and they'd have, like, the set of them, but they would only, it it was, like, they didn't have them, you couldn't buy them all at once, like, all right, we got A and D. We gotta come back and see if they have, like, the other letters, like, next week. Because <laughs> a whole set of encyclopedias was fucking expensive. So you just yes. pick up, like, one or two at a time and, like, hope you're like, oh, I can't do a report on anything from, you know, H to F. We haven't picked those up yet. <laughs> and then I forgot, like, once CD-ROMs became popular, like, uh, I don't remember who made it, but there was, like, the program Encarta, which yeah. is, like, a digital encyclopedia. And it's, like, ah, uh, the times before the interwebs. Yeah. I'm having to do, like, research with actual books. <laughs> but, I mean, you got to learn the Dewey Decimal System. Even when I, to... when I first got into college, it was like, you know, they had, you know, pretty much all the books and stuff were, like, digitized. So it's like you could, you could just, like, you know, do the inter-house Google and be like, hey, these are these books that cover this topic, you know. And you can <laughs> kind of sift through all that shit that way. But, yeah, having to do, like, actual book research... Like not something I miss. <laughs> like, are book reports still a thing? Or is now it's like we've got to do a computer report, <laughs> analyze this database. Uh, or if you really want to be a a, a dick, it's like, ah, hey, we're gonna do a report on Lord of the Rings, and then they specifically pick things that aren't in the book, <laughs> or not in the movie that are just in the book. So you like it catches all the kids that are like. We're just watching the uh, the movie and not actually reading the books. Yeah, I mean, that was always the thing, man, because, uh, I mean, that still happens to this day. Like, you know, I went back, I don't know, I guess it was a month or so ago and, you know, was listening to the Jaws audiobook. And up to that point, I'd never, you know, listened or, you know, read the novel. And I'm like, it's crazy how much different the I novel didn't is. there was a novel. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it's... It's so vastly different than, you know, how the film, you know, is portrayed that it's like, huh. Yeah, it's like, rarely do I watch a movie that I have read the book. You know, so it's like, except for, I think, you know, what a Ready Player One is like about the only one that I'd, you know, normally by the time something comes out as a movie, I'm like, oh, there was a book of this. You know, I might read the book after the movie, but it's like very rare that I read a book and then later on it becomes a movie and then they're like, oh, this is... Now I see all these people that bitch that actually read books when the thing's not exactly how they thought it would be. But then again, like, like we talked about with Ready Player One. Like, what worked for a book and reading it in a novel is not what I want to sit through for two hours and watch on a big screen. Yeah, just the time constraints of it. You have to make edits. Because, <laughs> you know, something can take months in a book. You don't have that. You can't portray that in, like, a two-hour movie you got to kind of speed up the timeline a little bit 
Uh, but yeah, they uh, eventually track down uh, the Birdman, and the, the guy's like a former ontologist, I think is the the word of people who studies birds. But yeah, his wife died in childbirth, and the baby also died, and just in his grief, like he completely forgot that his kid died, and since he didn't get to see the body, he's like, no, somebody stole it. So now he's got these bird powers, and he's basically been using giant crows to like steal all the babies that was also born that day, trying to find his baby. <laughs> but that when we first when they like they they set up a trap to like follow the the last kid to get kidnapped, and he's like, "You're trying to take my baby," and then all the freaking crows like fly out of his jacket. And it's like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, that scene happened, and you know. That song Still Fly came to mind, and it was like, <laughs> the Birdman fly in any weather. It's like, eh, it kind of <laughs> ruined it for me from there, because it became a lot more humorous than that was intended to be. <laughs> uh, that or, you know, once I actually learned how the series was progressing, I was like, <laughs> regulators, mount up. <laughs> uh, but then you have... Uh... Jesse keeps having these nightmares with these cool plague doctors and what looks like some kind of mine or something. And then she finally like jumps into some other dudes like dreams. And it's like, you know, pimp looking dude in white, uh, white linen. And he's like, I'm not here to kill you. Just want to say that again. I'm not here to kill you. I'm like, that's exactly what someone who's here to kill you would say. <laughs> How long? Well, I, I guess maybe we'll get into that a, a little bit later, you know, cause, uh, you know, right from the get-go, Louisiana, and me being a fan of the blues, a <laughs> man, like, a that man guy's on gotta the, be the devil. <laughs> a man on the, you know, bayou and that clean of a suit, you know he's old scratch. <laughs> exactly. But he's like, hey, you, you're like me. You have powers. You can. What you need to do is to. You're not crazy. You actually have powers. You need to touch the Birdman, and you can go in in his mind and see how he got his powers and. You should tell me how he got his powers. And I'm like, yeah, that dude's suspicious. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they, cause they, they don't want Jesse tagging along cause they think she's crazy, but then she shows up and saves everybody's ass by, you know, going into the bird man's mind and, 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 you know, letting him remember that, Oh, your, your baby died, dude. You're not, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was just, you and you got your powers from to... like playing with a Ouija board. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's where you know I was like, okay, so we're we're going you know very much occult on uh on this. I'm I'm kind of digging it, you know, um, seeing I, it for the first time because you're just kind of like, why do monsters exist? And I liked you know, you know, once they save everybody and B gets uh you know goes back home and she's like. She's starting to learn to be at it. Yeah, she's getting those like Sherlock traits where she notices things. So, because she like starts talking to her sister and realizes that, you know, because when Watson approached them, you know, he he hired her. But then the next time he's like, "Oh, does you and your sister not need money?" And he's like, "Wait a minute, how did you know she was my sister?" And goes back to him and like, "All right, motherfucker, what's really going on?" And she he's like, "All right, I know you're, you know." I've seen you on the streets. I know your sister's how your sister has power. And she's like, how do you know that? And she's like, well, when you've fought as much demons as I've have, you've learned to recognize an angel. <laughs> so here's your money. Let's go find some more monsters. And he explains that there's some kind of like darkness coming to London, which they later on find is like 
basically a a hole in purgatory that that you know the the veil between our world and the next has gotten thin and that's allowing people to basically if you pray or use a Ouija board or wish upon a star your shit comes true because of the the magic is leaking in and and uh you know it's also not usually what you wish for it just corrupts the shit out of you <laughs> that are the the individual you know i don't know you know i i i kind of like the concept that they used um which you know i i guess you're just in a state of purgatory you know based on your own you know guilts and grief um we've seen that utilized you know and yeah. several other series too but i don't know once i actually saw the thing i was like they got a fucking stargate <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> except uh, this stargate destroys the world <laughs> yeah and their next uh monster they have to chase is a freaking tooth fairy basically <laughs> somebody's jacking people's teeth like all their teeth <laughs> Not just not just a tooth, you know. We, we've got the motherfucking teeth fairy in this bitch, <laughs> like, and it very much like reminded me of the you know horror film tooth fairy. Yeah, and you know they assume it's you know when they they kind of split up and start uh, questioning all the people, and they're like, so did they just lose a tooth? And they're like, no, she had adult teeth. Like, she hadn't lost any tooth. And they're like, all right, so it's not some like it's not a precursor to like them having to lose a tooth. And then you get in the whole plot of like, this is like a freaking murder plot where she's this, the, the tooth fairy lady is like the daughter of a, a dentist and she's basically growing clones of people using their teeth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of weird too. Like, like I understand zombies now watching people like grow out of the ground, like plants. That that was a whole new level that I was not ready for. Yeah, and especially like they don't talk until she kind of uses them as puppets. It kind of reminded me of that uh, that movie Us, where there's like the the clones of all like the pe like the living people, and then the clones like come up and start like trying to replace the people in the world, but the clones like don't speak. <laughs> They're just kind of a shadow of like the actual living people. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of of that uh, that movie. And yeah, like she like knocks out Jess with like she breathes like anesthetic. <laughs> it's like her powers are based on her like you know former uh, occupation. <laughs> it's like I, I can I can breathe a uh, 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 freaking uh, nitrous oxide and knock you the fuck out. I mean, at least you're knocked out. Like I don't know, there uh, a lot of bad shit could happen. In my head, having somebody like pull a fingernail off. Are like start ripping teeth out of your mouth, are way up there Ooh. on the list. Yeah, it's like like some scary. You know, because those are the things that aren't going to kill you that may wish you were dead. You know, like <laughs> yeah. somebody severs a limb. Yeah, it's going to hurt like a bitch, but maybe I bleed out. You know, or, or or something like. Yeah, it was like one of them. Even though they captured her pretty like early on in the episode, it's like, oh, I'm not. You know, my my creatures are out there and I can control them, so it doesn't matter that I'm tied up here, and you know. Basically, the whole plot is, it's like they're trying to kill, like, uh, the, uh, whatever, Duke of Winchester, because he owns a bunch of land and stuff, and he's, like, raised the he's prices. he's gonna invent the Winchester rifle. <laughs> you know, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm, you know, gonna, y'all gotta pay, uh, and her father, he's like, yeah, even if you go to jail for not paying, then the debt just goes to your daughter. So he end up killing himself to 
free her from his debt and he's like so she blames blames him uh for uh you know her father's death and then yeah the kind of you know like has the people she had chosen like one of them's his bodyguard's son and the other one is like a a girl who works at this theater where he has a has a show and even like leo like earlier he's like oh yeah like i noticed you know this this and this these like all of them are kind of like developing into that investigator role like it's like hey they that you know i saw an ad for that show that they're that these people work at here's all the he's able to connect the the dots on things and and then they're they're very much becoming the sluice yeah and even then like you know billy goes to try to to save them and he ends up getting caught by one of the the clones who's trying to kill him and you know and the tooth fairy lady's like the only way to save him is kill me, but you know, you're just a freaking kid. You ain't, you ain't got the balls to kill me. And finally, like, you know, you know, she, she can't do it to save the Duke, but then once Billy's in danger, she's like, you gotta go lady. <laughs> Stabs her in the head. Well, with a I mean, drill. I think that she, um, you know, does a great job on, you know, portraying that, you know, you can't, take a life without it taking some sort of a toll on yourself. Like, you know, so I, I don't know, you know, for her to be this, you know, sort of leader and badass of the, the group, you know, she is the one that always, you know, sort of exemplifies a higher level of morality than, you know, like very much like the heart of the group, like Spike (laughs) said to it. You know, she's the one that, you know, is kind of the boss. Hey, I suppose. I don't know. But I did like this episode. They're like, all right, well, we're trying to solve the mystery. Spike, you need to break into Watson's house and, and find out what the fuck's really going on. And he finds all this, like, occult shit and eventually finds this letter from the Golden Dawn Society. But because <laughs> we've yet to see Sherlock. And at one point, he like you know somebody comes home, so he like hides hides under the bed, and freaking Sh- Sherlock comes in and like just plays his violin and like flops down the bed and like pukes everywhere, and he, he has to crawl through the puke to get out of the bed once he passes out, and it's like oh, it's like being uh being back in high school and getting caught in a a girl's room that you weren't supposed to be in, <laughs> like ducked out in the closet, how long before they noticed me. But that next episode, they B goes to the the Golden Dawn. Is like, oh yes, I've been trying to get Watson to introduce us because we want you to help investigate a murder. And it's this episode very t- much turns into like what you would see as like a traditional Sherlock Holmes mystery, where it's like, you know, there's this occult uh, group that studies magic, and someone's killing all the members because they think it's one of them wanting to be the next like. Grand Wizard. Yeah. Or maybe that's, you know, probably a term you shouldn't use. <laughs> the leader of the, uh, the Golden Dawn. We say Grand Wizard as an RPG. Yeah. <laughs> and the killer's, like, killing people, like, and hanging their bodies up like tarot cards. And it's actually using it to cast spells. But it's actually just a trap to get Jesse there so they can steal her power. Or one of their members can steal their, steal her powers. Uh, it, it, yeah, like it very much was like a, a kind of a cool murder mystery episode where it's, you know, them actually having to interview witnesses and like, like, oh, the kids are real investigators now. 
they don't get badges or any cool perks. They just, you know, get their, their silver pennants and told to be on their way until they become of use again. <laughs> like that's the other thing too, like um You know, you always think of Sherlock Holmes and Watson as, you know, the the dynamic duo and everything else and you know, I I thought the other aspect was how great of a job they made Watson hateable. Yeah, he's like you know, he I mean he's a legit piece a of dick. shit, you know. Yeah, from the from the start. And then you know, and then later on you kind of He becomes more human, but yeah, he's very much like you think he's the bad guy. You know, through all you know, especially they start finding all the occult shit in the house and, and also while they're you know, uh kind of investigating this murder mystery that at Mycroft Holmes, which is Sherlock Holmes' brother and they're like, he's like pretty much like, we'll work for you as long as you tell us everything you know about Watson and Holmes. And he's like, and even he's like, I don't know, my brother moved in with this dude. And then, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, he just lost his shit and became like a drug addict. And I'm, I'm sure like, you know, fucking Watson has done something to him. Yeah, and very, and then they find like Sherlock Holmes is like diary that's got all this like occult information in it. And it's like, yeah, you really start to think like, uh, the, you know, the bad guys are, you know, you know, whatever Watson is some kind of demon or, or whatnot. That's <laughs> all this is controlling. And the episode after this with the girl who it's like a vengeance story, but she has the power of, uh, she can cut someone's face off and then like become them once she wears their face. Yeah, dude, like this, uh, <laughs> This one very much uh, got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is probably one of the ones that I, I dug the most. You know, just yeah, you know, I That's... very much had that you know Ed Geenish uh, kind of. Um... Yeah, and she just like keeps a collection of faces, so she can she like change them out and be different people. And you find out like she's basically an orphan, and the one thing she's ever always wanted is a family. And she basically got drunken and like gang-banged by this group of dudes and the one of them gave her syphilis so she can't have kids anymore and so she uses her chameleon powers to like track them all down and kill them except for one guy she's like wants to be him because he has a family she's like well if i replace him i can finally you know have a family but when they go to her house because you know i mean but dude isn't that like I gotta say, I, I I don't hate the motive for the revenge. No, I'm like, yeah, this is like I always say, I like a bad guy that's uh, you kind of understand what they're doing, and it's like, yeah, you're killing a bunch of people, but those fuckers deserved it. And even like, you know, Jesse like capture, lets her go, and she's like, if I let you go, are you gonna kill anybody else? She's like, no, there's no one else to kill. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I finished my my quest. She's like, all right, piss off then. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I kind of like you know, because I mean, le- legitimately, she's got her gunpoint and like. You know, well, you're going to have to overpower me and take the gun, you know? And, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, kind of, you know, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm okay with you taking the Punisher route, you know? Yeah, eye like, for an eye and whatnot. Especially for Jesse, because she can actually enter her memories and, and see what happened to her. So she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you have this one, girl. <laughs> I'd have done the same. But I like when they, because if you know anything about, like, taxidermy like but you know today it's all about like hunters putting a big rack on their wall but back in the day like taxidermy used to be like an art and they would make like you know pieces and stuff and when they go to her 
her house where she's kind of like apprenticing at this taxidermy shop. Like she's made all these like cool, like it's like, you know, mice playing poker and like, <laughs> like a whole family of animals. Dude, where do shit. you think the dogs playing poker picture got so famous from? <laughs> at some point it was legit dogs playing poker. But yeah, that, that, that old like Victorian, like taxidermy art is just kind of interesting. If you ever, ever come across any. Also, it, it has the ability to go from interesting to overly creepy though. Like yeah, when you get like a hundred of them in a room, it becomes creepy. That or <laughs> one or two, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That or you know, somebody loses a pet, and it's like, oh yeah, I had Scruffy stuffed, and you know, he sits over here. Like, oh dude, I legit used to deal with this crazy woman that had that. She had a dog that was uh, had passed and was stuffed, and she would constantly talk about her dog when you like, like, and it would, and she would move it around the room. Like you'd come, every time you'd come over there, it'd be in a different spot in the house. And it's like, like, I'm pretty sure she had like legit that that dog was still alive. It was, I'm like, okay, lady. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> oh, but yeah, while the, the teams work in this, you know, uh, B is like, is like, I got to track down Sherlock Holmes. And she kind of goes on her side quest trying to find Holmes. Cause she feels he's the, the key to all this. Cause they don't trust anything Watson says to him and eventually like finds him passed out on her mother's grave and, uh, you know, takes him in and, and he finally clues him in on the, you know, story of it all that basically her mother had the same powers that Jesse did. And back in the day, like they were all working together and she was helping them on these kind of weird cases. And eventually like, they fell in love and got married, and Jesse is actually Sherlock Holmes's daughter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so none of this is by chance. No, it's like, and you also find out that you know apparently Watson is gay and is in love with Sherlock and was was jealous of 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 said woman. See that, and like, I got no problem, like if it's a gay character or whatever, but, like, some of that was just, like, just kind of forcefully placed. Like, it did not feel organic or anything no. whatsoever. Like... And reading, like, all the Sherlock Holmes books, it was Watson that, like, wanted to have a wife and a family and, you know, and, and you know, eventually, like, married someone. But, you know, in this one, it's like, you know... And I like, too, when it kind of flashes back to the early days, you finally get to see Holmes as he was before he became, like, a drugged-out wreck when he was, like, you know, witty and whatnot. And he's kind of a, a self-absorbed dick. So, he like, all this time, he's kind of like, oh, Watson's just... He's my sidekick. Yeah, he's, he's just there him. in the background. I'm the genius. And we find out that first the first rip was caused by Watson because he was, like, wanted to prove Sherlock that he could like contact the dead and he was smarter than, than he, uh, gave him credit for. And he accidentally ripped this hole in reality. And then afterwards, like, Oh yes, I've been doing all this research. I know exactly where this rip in reality is. And he's like, Oh yeah, you, you caught something I didn't like, you know, good job, old man. Well, when they go to check it out, uh, B's mother, uh, has to use her powers to close the breach and get sucked into it. And, you know, Holmes is trying to pull her back, but Watson saves him instead of her. And then she gets sucked in and this becomes a wreck of a man and becomes a drug addict. And, you know, his kids end up 
working in the poorhouse because he's too jacked up to take <laughs> to care of them yeah. or provide or anything else. So yeah, like I don't know. That was I would have liked to, I guess maybe explored more. You know, like I know it was alluded to and everything, but you know. Maybe saw some of that, you know, of the, you know, upbringing yeah, of went, the environment and, you know, like. Yeah, because they didn't really say, I mean, you went from him as a wreck to like, hey, here, here's what, here's the triggering event. But they didn't really show the kind of the immediate aftermath of like, you know, did he even try to, you know, deal with the girls or if it was immediate like, no, I, I'm, I'm just going to go do my opium and. And y'all end up in the poorhouse. <laughs> kind of a dick move, Sherlock. Because I'm I'm St. James Street James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, then again... Like, the flashbacks that we do get, you know, are of the girl's mom basically dropping them off at the, you know, monastery with the nuns and, you know, saying her goodbyes... Yeah, cause she's so I, I I think she pretty well knew she wasn't coming back from that. But yeah, like what yeah. was what was Holmes' involvement in in you know? Because it's like you know, yeah, he's supposed to be the father, but at no point do we see him you know in that role as the father. And you know, even when you see him as his normal self, he's kind of a self obsessed like narcissist. So it's like this is you know, can that person even be a father? Lots and lots of opium, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, even, even, even the, the books, prince. Yeah, he like, was like, you know, he did opium, but he never was like... Like strung out. Yeah, like, he, 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 he was like, you know, uh, Watson, you picked me up from the my dope house. I'm, we're going to go solve a crime. He, you know, he, he was a functional uh, addict. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like the people that, you know, like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I wake and bake every day, but, you know, I'm a fucking engineer or i'm a straight a student or whatever like you know smoke weed every day (laughs) now it's all natural uh and we of course we keep getting flashes of as you say old scratch uh you know he he tells jesse like oh yeah i'm actually you know not in new orleans let me show you where i'm actually at i'm on a boat i'm coming to help you you're not gonna be alone kid i'm on my way and we when he does arrive, because, you know, Jesse's like, everybody wants me to go deeper into my dreams and find the rip so we can close it, but I'm too scared. Like, you know, and even B's trying to get me to do it, so, like, the only person I can trust is this creepy man from my dreams. And then when she goes to the dock to meet him, like, the ship has crashed and, like, everyone's dead, and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely the devil. How long? <laughs> so, what I was going to ask you earlier in this segment... About what episode did it make you, you know, did you realize that this guy isn't here to help at all? Well, at first, you know, he gives her that... The butterfly. The butterfly you know, kinda... he's, like, he's like, if you're in your dreams, you just hit this magic button and it'll it'll get you out of your dreams. But then when he's very much, like, keeps asking, like, so where is this rip? Where does these people get... You need to go deeper and find out where these people get in their powers. I'm like, yeah, dude's up to something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think for me, like, it, it really... I think the moment where he's like, I'm on my way to England, to, I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's on his well, way. Well, I think even fuckery. before then, I think for me, like I, of course, you know, it was just a, a theory, 
You know, it was but like episode one episode... where he says, I'm not here to kill you. Yeah. Let me say that again. I'm, I'm like, that's exactly who what someone who would say that was. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, like episode three or four is when I, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, he's, he's our main villain. But, uh, you know, definitely the episode where, you know, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on a boat. I'm headed that way. And it's like, oh yeah. Cause she's close to, uh, closing in on the Rift's location and, you figured out that, you know, she's admitted to her weakness. So you may realize how strong she is, but you've created enough self-doubt, which is yeah, which very manipulative out. of what a devil would do. Uh, I, I, I don't personally know any devils that I know of, but, you know. And we find out his power is he controls nightmares. So he, he, he instead of, like, just going in and looking at people's memories like she does... He creates their worst fears, so he can literally touch people and they'll commit suicide because they're so like haunted by what they see. And yeah, when he, uh, yeah, and, and like I said, Holmes kind of sobers up enough that like he starts trying to help, and you get like Holmes and Watson like back together, kind of helping out the kids there for an episode or so. And I was like, he's like, you know, sure. I was like, dude, we are old. Like, remember when we were like these kids, like all like you know, full of energy and solving crimes. Now we're old, man. <laughs> it's like, shit, can we take a nap yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they figure that uh, he doesn't... Because that's the thing, too, is, like, if he caused the riff, he would know where the riff's at. He's not the person that caused the riff. And when they found out that Watson caused the original rift, you know, and he's like, you know... Look, I lied to you before, but I'm not lying to you now. Yeah, and they get uh, the caught up with the late... the which was like a case that they, the last case that they worked was something called the collector where someone was stealing body parts. Dude, I thought that was pretty fucking interesting. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was uh... like fully healed. Like she would like somehow take somebody's arm and like very much built to like a Frankenstein monster. Dude, that was uh, some absolute Frankenstein shit, you know, <laughs> but she equally hates and dis- uh, Watson. So when they capture, she agrees to like, you know, you know, let him question Watson and, and uh, you, know, you finally like kind of confesses everything. Like, yeah, I was jealous of of Holmes and your mother, and I, I'm the one that created the original rift, but I have nothing to do with the current rift. Uh, and you're in this guy's like, you know, can't doesn't know where the rift is. So you're like, well, he's obviously a bad guy and wants to like use the rift for his own, you know, powers or whatnot. But you still don't know how the rift uh, occurred or who's who's behind it. But yeah, they they think he's gonna go. Because the Birdman is like the only monster left that they actually have. He's in prison. He hasn't been killed. But uh, they're, they're like, yeah, right, we'll trap him. We'll let him come and find out the location, and then we'll trap him. But yeah, when he like basically walks in and like makes the guards like start jumping off the roof and shit, and is like fucking with everybody, even gives like bee nightmares, and then they they capture him. And, and Holmes is almost back to himself. He's like, he's like, yes, I knew uh, that uh, you know, here in England. Most people make a, a turn right when they're running, but you know, Americans have something to do with the way we drive our cars. They make left turns, so I was able to, you know, you I, know knew, what? I, I was, knew which way you would end up, so I was able to get here I, first. I finished playing the, or uh, watching the series, so I was playing some game, you know, and it's open world game, so you're trying to explore the world. My American ass was absolutely going left. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I was doing it subconsciously or what, but I was like, hmm, 
That's like a, like a I'd, legit I'd watch, scientific thing. I, 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 I would, I would watch that people, uh, you know, go right. I'm like, you must be on a European server. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, he's like, you know, I've got you. And he's like, oh, I think we can be friends, Mr. Holmes. And whispers something to him. And then Holmes, like, lets him go and disappears with him. And, and that whole segment played out vastly different. Because I figured, you know, he would have to make, you know. Cause, Touch him and put him under a spell yeah, somehow. Yeah, you know, and but, I'm like. What a dumbass. You're just going to stand there with your arms inside the fucking bars, knowing if he grabs your wrist or something. Like, It's like, I mean, fuck. You can aim through the bars without being, you know. You should have just capped him. <laughs> yeah, inside the bars. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, and he traps, uh, you know, Jesse in her nightmares. But the team, like, you know, talks her out of it and, like, you know, is able to, like, you know, we're stronger together. And they bring the team back together. And, you know, she finally is able to realize where the rift is. It's in this uh, plague pit that's attached to uh, basically, their, I guess, they're building uh, the London subway and has accidentally broken to this chamber. But uh, you find well, I out. I mean, like, that was a weird thing. That's when the shit, like, because, like, as the rift grows, the city gets more and more fucked up. That's when it almost turns into, like, zombies, because at that point, the rift is so yeah, wide. Yeah, dude, it was like some World War Z shit. Yeah, you don't even need a Ouija board. Anyone just wishes for something, or, shit or, happens. Or, you know, like the, you know, nuns. They close their <laughs> yeah. prayers. Amen, and, like, bad shit happens. Like, yeah, she's like, you know, give us the power to strike down our enemies. And they're like, no, no, don't don't say amen. Don't. And then she, like, fucking eyes go black, and she goes, like, full, like, demon. And it's like, oh, shit, this is... <laughs> I think I've seen this horror movie. It's called The Nun. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's like almost when it's like straight up like zombie zombie London. I'm like, <clears throat> and like the team is trying to get to uh, the rift, and you find out that you know when Jesse has her like power moment of confrontation with the linen man, you know he's like he thinks he's gonna break her, and she's like, oh no, we're in your memories now, motherfucker. And he's like, so what? I'm not scared of anything. I'm the prince of nightmares. She's like, oh yeah. Well, every time you, you know hurt someone a little bit of that trauma gets stuck with you. So I'm going to make you live every person you've ever hurts trauma in one go. And it just like, he ends up like, you know, frying his brain. And he falls off a cliff and goes splat. But then you find out the rift is not, he didn't open the rift either. It, and the reason why Holmes went with them is because their mother is trying to return from the other side. <laughs> and apparently 15 years in a you know purgatory dimension will, will make you lose your shit where you're like, oh, I just want to go home to my family. I don't care if I destroy the world in the process. Or do you think she realized that the world would be destroyed? You know? Like, do you do you think it was... Well, when she got this, she had that conversation that's like, oh, no, the, you know, when these worlds become one, over there, there's no more pain, there's no more sadness, and, you know, there's no more death. And they're like, Nah, like, if there's no more death, there's no more life, there's no free will, there's no, you know, she's just like, I just want my family back, and it's, you know, it's kind of like one of those, like, you see the ghost stories where, like, the ghost just, like, that whole wanting to be alive again just eventually makes them angry and stuff, not, and, and even B's like, we got our mother back, like, we can all be a family, like, no, that's just, you know, and, and Jesse has to, like, go into her mind and be like, no, here's, Yes, we've had a painful life, but here's all the good moments. This is like the shit that makes wife worth living. We have to close the the rift. And, you know, even though it's going to... She's like, no, if you close the rift, then I have to go back. And I don't want to be alone anymore. And she's like, and they're like, you know, mom, we love you, but we got to move on. Because you're going to destroy the world. <laughs> well, and I, I you know, and, and maybe that was the thing. Is, you know, when they said something like, you know... They never had closure before. Exactly. You know, nobody, you know... 
they never had their moment to grieve. You know, okay. I guess. You know, it was all... Ah, supernatural circumstances occurred, so, um, you know, let's lay it on the supernatural instead of just, you know what, like, let's just say our final goodbyes and, um, you know, but life goes on. Then Holmes jumps into the rift, uh, so at least she's not alone in the in the purgatory. Yeah, but I wonder, like, that's that's gotta have some kind of ripple effect, right? Like, can you... Because I, I, I feel like purgatory... If you haven't died, well, she didn't really die either. She just got sucked in, closing the rift. So, but I mean, does, I don't know. Yeah, they never show. They never really show what's under the on the other side, other than her telling like this, saying that she was completely alone uh, for fifteen years. And then it cuts to Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the upside down London style. <laughs> oh, but then you get that, you know fucking kick because you got leo's story where he him and b finally hook up and he tells her he loves her but you're like all right cool is he gonna like bring all the kids to the to the palace and, and be cool with him but then like you know they have kind of like one final party and celebrating their victory and then he's like dude yeah, they legit go. had fish and chips yeah and he's like uh when you're a prince you're expected to like you know kind of have an arranged marriage and billy got arrested because he when everything started kind of going weird, he got confronted by the guy that used to abuse him in the uh, the workhouses and ends up beating him to death. So he's like, the only way I could get them to like let Billy go was to agree to this arranged marriage. So I have to go to Europe tomorrow and and you know get married. So I'm I'm sorry I had to sacrifice myself for the team. And then like you know she invites Watson to to dinner after it's all after they kind of realize that like oh he's not the dick we thought he was. And, you know, she actually takes him some, you know, dinner afterward, and it's like, hey, this doesn't look, you you know, not dressed up for someone who said they had plans, and then she, like, you know, sits down and has a meal with him, and, like, you know, he's you know, actually a little more humanized, because she realized, you know, him losing Holmes, you know, it's kind of like her losing Leo, and he's like, she's like, this is the only motherfucker that's going to understand, and he's, and she was like, she's like, how do you stop loving someone? He, she's like, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, if, you know. You love someone and then you can't love them. Like, how do you stop it? And he's like, secret is like, you, you can't like, yeah. And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, you're just going to have to deal with the pain. And, you know, and she finally like, it's the first time you've really seen any kind of emotional break with her. Like, finally, she's like, all right, I can stop. And I'm, I don't have to be the tough one for the the group. I can stop and like cry. And she's like, everyone leaves me. And, and you know, Watson's like, yeah. I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. And like, I'm like, Oh, Watson's finally becoming fucking human. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, uh, had his, you know, sort of redeeming qualities. Hopefully that sticks around. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've not heard anything about a, a season two yet, but maybe the team will have a more active mentor in a <laughs> season two. I, if, I, I don't know, you know, for as much and is, it, uh, you know, Leo going to give up on his arranged marriage and somehow, come back to the group <laughs> that's the aspect i'm i'm not sure of you know um and i was surprised like i actually like for as much as i liked his character and i didn't think i would like his character we have not talked about his character that much <laughs> like because i mean you know like, his scene where, you know, Scratch gets a hold of him and gives him the nightmares that, you know, he's just profusely bleeding out. Like, dude, that was... 
Yeah. And for someone who has a weakness like that, that like any scratch can kill him, he has willingly got himself involved in some dangerous shit. Well, I mean, just like the, the fact that like, you know, of course, you know, uh, they're trying to overprotect the mother and whatnot. And then, you know, his, I don't know. I, I, what would that be? You know, like his personal bodyguard or yeah, something, something, you like know, that. That, um, guy's a, that guy's a huge dick too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but he's like, well, the only way I can escape the palace is not through the front door. So I'm going to jump off this, you know, two story balcony yeah, risk is lot, you know, cause he literally is like, dude, I've lost the, like the only friends I've ever had. Like, you know, until meeting the team, like I've never been normal or had friends. Well, and I, I kind of, I, I thought that was another sort of interesting thing. Or it's like, you know what? I was a young man once. Young man needs things, so he tries to, you know, throw the soiree. Get him some pussy, <laughs> dude. What was with the the sister though? Like, <laughs> are, are supposed to be his sister or cousin? Like oh the girl he hooked up with almost hooked up with the partner no that was like a friend of his sister I mean they're both blonde so it's yeah it's kind of hard to no no that girl was not his sister <laughs> I was like the fuck's going on here but the girl that they're like you know wanting him to marry they said he was like a cousin or something like that but, exactly but, like, yeah then again royal families inbreeding is quite common especially in that era so <laughs> laws is not you know immediate family it's all good in the uh, that's why like you know. Well, that's one thing. That's kind of why some people of royal blood have... Royal blood? Yeah, problems like he did, because years and years of inbreeding. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, like... You know, because I, 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 I kind of had, um, you know... Who was it? Uh, Henry Stance, I think. Uh, our brawler, you know. Oh, the bully, Billy. Billy, that's it. You know, I kind of had his, you know, like, oh, yeah, you just want to get out, experience something different, you know. Yeah, and, you want to you, you you bang a comedy like, girl. Exactly. Like, you know, I, I absolutely, you know, was like, all right, typical douche move, you know. But, yeah, I liked how their kind of relationship evolved, too, because, like, you know, he thinks he's just, you know, some rich kid trying to, you know, play with the dirty people. And then that whole day that they're, that they're paired to investigate together and he finds out that he's got problems he's like he's like, I, he's like why didn't you just tell me you were hurt he's like i don't want to show weakness to the t- i don't want everyone to know that i'm broken he's like dude never tell anyone you're broken like we're all broken dude just like you know and you know they, they kind of get like a, a level of respect and in that final kind of mission when when they get separated from the team and she tells them to like you know get back to the billy's injured get back to the home base and like you know leo's like you know you know you helped me when i was weak you know you know help you know he's legs broken and he's like you know helping him and it's like you know they, they kind of got that you know mutual respect going by the end and, and yeah for someone who any scratch could kill him fucking leo showed some balls by being yeah, a part of all absolutely this. you know i mean but i guess you know at the same time like yeah you're you're royalty but you know if dude, that, that was pretty much prison yeah you know especially the first time you see him he's like looking out the window of people like you know making out and having a good time and being like, you know, young rich kids. And he's like, I can't, they wouldn't even let me outside. This is, yeah, <laughs> this sucks. I'm the boy on the bubble minus a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even, even a, a, a cage, a prison that's that fancy is still a fucking prison. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, 
So I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this this series brought a lot of interesting dynamics and things that I, you know, I personally didn't have it pegged for, and I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. It was darker than I expected, and it was for something that I hadn't heard of until it popped up as a Netflix suggested thing. Very well written, and, and you know, the, the effects is good. The storytelling's good. I'm interested. I'm hoping it gets a second season, because it's... Yeah, I would like to see some of the continuations and yeah. the story arcs. You know, do they... You know, can Watson deal with the grief and remain allow the rift to remain closed? Yeah, or does he fuck something up? <laughs> uh, well, with that... Uh, or, kinda... I don't know, maybe something about this arranged marriage... Um, maybe something goes awry there, and... Uh, I, I don't know, like... There was a lot of good misdirection with this. They got to go save Leo from uh, from Europe or whatever. <laughs> Leo gets into some shit. Uh, so with that, uh, any uh, what do you think of the cigar so far? Ah, uh, cigar's pretty good, man. How's, um, how's the, the writing of the bull? <laughs> the uh, the draw has loosened up a little bit. It's um, you know definitely not as uh, tight of a draw as it once was. Um, still very much heavy on the cedar and black pepper notes. Um, so I'm digging that aspect. Um, with like a little bit more complexity, maybe. Uh, this is one of those smokes that's kind of like, you know, as I've smoked it, it's remained just consistent, consistent you know. Um, there hasn't been a wide variety of, you know, flavor changes or anything else. Um, all in all, if you're looking for a pretty decent, you know, um, medium to full, and you like cedar, you like black pepper, um, sub $10, it, it's an adequately priced cigar. Um, I think I preferred the crowned heads we did, you know, a couple of episodes oh, back. The, the Mildias. Yeah, the Mildias a little bit more, um, just because I think it had a little bit more complexity to it. Um, but, I mean, this is not a bad, you know, like I said, sub $10 cigar. Yep, I say it's, it's like I said, I didn't, didn't realize we did two crowned heads back to back, uh, but. It's kind of hard. Like most of the crown heads ones don't say crown heads on them. They're just the name to whatever that cigar is until you go to Google it. And like, oh, this is crown heads. <laughs> kind of like what is it? Uh, the the uh, syndicate cigars. They're always named after whatever the cigar named is. It, it don't really. It may say syndicate on the inside of the band, but it's like you don't realize it's not. It's not punch whatever or cao whatever. They're they're well, very dude. Much... We're talking about royalty, and it's hard to talk about royalty without a crowned head. I understand what you were going. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I also understand that you read the label and you thought it said soiree. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're going to have a soiree, dude. Get fancy and shit. <laughs> With that, we'll be right back. Are you willing to lose? You cover your wounds, but underneath them a million voices in your head that whisper. Stop now. Another twist of the knife. Turn to the screws. It's all in your mind. What you gonna do now? It's your reflection looking back to pull you down. So are you gonna die today? Make it out alive. You gotta come to the monster in your head, and then you'll fly, 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 fly. It's time for a new empire. Go bury your demons and tear down the sea. 
Yeah, now it's time for some science. You ready to learn about all the bullshit there is to learn? Yeah, dude. What do you got for us? Well, you know, normally I'd, I don't give a shit about uh, climate change news, but I saw something today that, that scared me a little. Climate change could make your coffee more bland. Dun, dun, dun. Huh. Like, is it changing, like, the quality of the soil or the doing something with the beans? <laughs> Well, apparently... Uh, is it and... too hot for people to, you know, source coffee, so now we're genetically modifying beans? <laughs> well, a uh, article published in uh, Scientific uh, Report, basically they're saying that, I guess, the temperature ranges that good coffee has to grow in, if there is too much of a a change in that temperature, it actually... Well, it, it's twofold. It's the cheaper, like your Folgers coffee it will increase basically how much of that can be produced, but the smaller, you know, higher quality batches are actually going to be less. So there's not going to be a, uh, a uh, reduction in coffee because they're actually be able to grow more coffee, but they're not going to be able to grow the more like uh, specialized coffees, which is, and then also that's, you know, the, the cheaper coffees, they don't make as much money on, you know, so a lot of these farmers, you know, that smaller yield of quality coffee actually is where they get most of their money. So they're afraid they're going to reach a point where it's like not worth it to, to make coffee or you're going to have to, you know, so it's not only is the coffee going to get worse, like it may, you know, as these farmers like, you know, can't, you know, keep up with, you know, can't afford to keep growing coffee. They'll move on to other things and will actually, you know, like cocaine and cocaine accessories. Yeah, I didn't see anything about how the climate change will affect uh, cocaine production, but <laughs> coffee is definitely... I mean, I'm uh, just thinking, you know, Colombian coffee, um, Colombian cocaine, I mean, they both start with C's. <laughs> both will wake you up in the morning. So yeah, it's, it's uh, like I said, if, you, if you're a fan of just your regular Folgers bullshit coffee, good news for you, it, there's going to be a lot of it, but if you're, you know... Like some black rifle and some and some fine Ethiopian coffee, uh, you may be be fucked if uh, in the next uh, yeah hundred years <laughs> or however long it takes us to get like completely screwed. I mean, are we talking like a hundred years, as in a decade, or are we talking like day after tomorrow, a hundred years, and oh shit, it's upon us? Actually, it's they're saying like you know uh, the average uh, average quality coffee will will gradually increase and in, you know as temperature increases into like the 2090s but like i said so we still got you know a good 80 years of of uh, possibly good coffee but yeah if 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 uh they don't find a solution in the next 80 or so years you're uh, you're going to have to get used to drinking crap coffee or paying a lot more for uh <laughs> good coffee because as supply diminishes, ah, price I, always increases. Ah, by that point, inflation will have kicked in, and uh, you know it'll be fun times. We'll just, I'll, I'll be dead by then, so it's all good. Or just, just start drinking, uh, drinking a lot more Monster, because I can't find any coffee. So, uh, uh, a game show actually lets a woman get her voice back. A woman with a uh, a disease called um, motor neuron disease it's basically a degenerative disease where she lo lost the ability to speak a 76 year old lady from glasgow uh developed this and she kind of had to do the the uh stephen hawking's thing of talking through some kind of uh mechanical device and 
she hated it because like she you know was still able to communicate but she didn't like being able having to talk like a robot and you know not like us where there's like 162 podcasts of uh of things to uh uh voice samples to create a more realistic uh sample uh there was not for her but uh, a company called speak unique who is uh who was you know developed some of this voice uh voice software uh, this lady back in 2019 had been on a tv game show called tipping point and you know they they were able to use the recordings of her voice from that appearance on a game show to build her a uh a voice box that is indistinguishable from her normal speech so so, so now kinda she kind of took like pitches and tones and stuff and yeah like you know the the company didn't think they'd be able to do it because such of the limited uh i guess data to pull from but they were actually able to you know bring her her voice back with just just the the stuff from that uh that one appearance on TV. That is freaking awesome. And it said it, yeah, it said it it sounds exactly like her uh or like her when she had and her see, voice. See, that's the reason why we have hundreds of hours of recorded podcast audio. <laughs> yeah, so when we're 80 and lose our voices, like, hey, rebuild us some voices. <laughs> so, Dude, <laughs> we'll just, you know, like at at that point, you know, we'll just be cropping out, you know, words that we used in the podcast to form complete sentences. You know, we're gonna be like, you know, fucking Bumblebee in this bitch. Like, it's like we could say ass blaster a lot. There's plenty of evidence for that. That'll be our new. Se- you meddling ass blasters, get off my lawn. <laughs> or, or by the end time, we just get like a freaking AI that like speaks for us and be like, all right, you know, AI, you go do the podcast. <laughs> If you just reference Ass Blaster, nobody will know. <laughs> you know? But that's interesting. Like I said, you know, kind of Hawkins was famous for his kind of robotic voice. But yeah, for like the average individual that, you know, it's got to be frustrating to not be able to speak with your own voice. So it, you know, Well, so. I mean, I think even on a different spectrum, right? Like people that are, you know, big into the sex robots. More like, realistic sex robots. Well, I mean, that's the thing, dude. You... Oh, yes, you make me horny. Like, <laughs> do me, do me hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you get one, you know, someone that's not. Or, as, like, you know, say VR, like the uh, people who want a specific, like, celebrity sex bot. Now they can program it to, like, speak, like, whatever celebrity you have, uh, chosen and and make it sound even more realistic we're 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 diving into that westworld territory uh very soon <laughs> jenna jameson sex bot now with personalized voice <laughs> all yours for the small price of 1999 nine that's not million not, yeah <laughs> as much as a lord of the rings season one <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, but I feel like there's got to be trademarks and other things that come along with that. Like, dude, did we just, like, hold on. Fucking, you know, we're going to nix this whole segment because uh, I feel like we need to start copywriting and marketing some <laughs> shit. Like, dude, if we can get this out to the sex robot industry and start selling, you know, license to use celebrity voices, like... Like those deep fake videos, but porn bots. <laughs> I say there's a market. We could find, we could make that four hundred million. <laughs> well, you know, in this day and age, you know, we're all, we're all a little paranoid. Big Brother is out there. Well, we've had our first lawsuit 
where uh, facial recognition software has led to the erase, arrest of the wrong person. Did he have a twin? Or she? <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to assume genders. Maybe this person <laughs> is uh, gender, you know, non-binary. I don't know. Well, a uh, a man in Detroit was recently arrested, uh, accused of four thousand dollars worth of shoplifting of of uh, watches. I don't know if that was a lot of cheap watches or one really expensive watch. It doesn't say. But uh, yeah, a lot of cities have banned uh, the use of facial recognition, and you know the the police department is trying to say, oh no, it's not a failure. The facial recognition, it's a detective's failure. Where basically there was a very bad uh, a uh, security camera footage, and ba- and but the facial recognition hit on it uh, and said it was this one individual, and he was you know arrested as soon as he got home from work in front of his family, and it turns out that the facial recognition software did not work. It was yeah, a dude, like false identity. That's the thing, and like, I mean, in my job, that's what I do. I review security camera footage. And, dude, a fucking Nokia, you know, is taking (laughs) better pictures than most of the... It's like, hey, can you enhance this? Fuck no, you can't do anything with that. Like, (laughs) And also, I guess facial recognition software is racist, because they do say it. there's higher probability of errors when using people with dark skin versus Well, yeah, well, I mean, most, you know, depending on where a camera's placed, right? So, if it's by a window that gets a lot of sunlight, and it's got an autofocus, guess what happens? The camera tries to dim, you know, the the lens and the focus to keep from getting flooded with light, so you end up with half the camera looking dark, you know, and shadowy. And Yeah, this is just kind of lazy police work, because even if you're using the facial recognition stuff, and it's like, that can't be the sole determining factor in your warrants. I mean, it's one thing like, all right, we think it's this guy <laughs> or can it let's now go investigate and confirm it's this guy, but Hey, no, hey guys, hey, let's go do a no knock warrant. Yeah. Hey, I said it was this guy. Let's go hook him up. Yeah. That's just fucking lazy. <laughs> and especially with like a technology that's not yet proven. So yeah, the, uh, the, yeah. So Detroit is now in, in a wee bit of trouble and getting sued for lots and lots of money for, uh, yeah believing the AI and uh, another thing we talked, uh, I guess it was last year about uh, scientists inventing the blackest shade of black. Well, now they've done the opposite. They've come out with the metal whitest paint in the world, ultra white. And they say they can use it to help fight global warming. This is black metal. (laughs) It's whiter than the snows of Scandinavia. (laughs) Yes. This ultra white paint is so reflective. It will reflect 98% 98% of light that hits it, so it doesn't heat up. Uh, it's like literally like the paint So if you're looking surface, for a great exterior white paint that, you know, here in the South will suck dirty. Uh, <laughs> because it's going to turn yellow real quick. Um, uh, but yeah, they they say like if um, the paint reflects so much light that it's actually cooler than the surrounding air. And, you know, they how they're planning to use this to fight global warming is that if they paint buildings and houses with it, it will cost less and use less energy to cool them. Cause you know, it kind of has this natural. What about the property. roads? <laughs> the roads, the roads. Yeah. Oh, roads. Yeah. You know, the, the, the highways, the byways, the things that always have white lines on them. 
Yeah, that would probably be pretty bad to do a white hot, because I'm just going to blind the shit out of you reflecting that much light. So I don't think they can be... Painting buildings is one thing, uh, but then again, driving through downtown and you know, a whole bunch of white buildings but like it's, that But it's perfectly okay <laughs> to put in these 80-story sky rises that are all glass that, you know, are just going to reflect that beam right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, driving through Atlanta in the summertime, it's like, I, I hope to hell you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> it's like, look up, oh God, my retinas. I remember seeing a story where there was a building built in such a way that the the reflection off the glass actually ended in a focal point and it melted someone's car across the street. <laughs> so using this highly reflective paint in buildings may have some unintended consequences. Well, I think the paint would be okay. Glass. I understand because you know, if it reflects, you know, like a magnifying glass, yeah, right? This was like a fancy kind of concaved building and it literally acted as a magnifying glass. And like, yeah, <laughs> if you do not park in this one space or it will melt your car. <laughs> Here are the laser beams. <laughs> Lasers. Ah, but that's all I got for you this week. Uh, tune in next time to see what's fucked up in science. The 42 cast is turning 100, but like all good things, it must come to an end. Tune in to our epic finale as we see who lives, who dies, and who gets their own spinoff. And then come back when the 42 cast is back for season two with even more segments, more guests, and more of explaining why Ryan is wrong. It's why we're still the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You can only find all this awesome by downloading the 42 cast, a proud member of the ESO network. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. In this news, we're going to get fast. We're going to get furious for like the ninth time. I mean, can you still be that furious after nine times? Dude. <laughs> just watching this trailer, like, just when I'm... The uh, shit gets more and more ridiculous. I always tell myself, it can't get any more over the top. It always gets more over the top. <laughs> like, legit, now the cars have magnets, so they oh, yeah, can adjust that... polarity to, you know, <laughs> suck in cars or, you know... Hell, the last trailer had him, like, fucking Indiana Jones swinging from a vine uh, with the car. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, well, now we've got, I don't know, I'm going to say Indiana Jones, Kill Bill, um, I, 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 uh, whatever, uh, Twisted Metal Black. (laughs) Pretty much, I mean, you know, some of these vehicles they've got now are fucking tactical semi-tanks and everything else, and it's like wiping out whole buildings. I mean, this shit looks just like a disaster film. (laughs) Um, I don't live my life a quarter mile at a time now. I live my life like... Blowing up shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I met The Rock, and I met this other guy named John Cena, and... I'm NASCAR James Bond now. <laughs> yeah, like, we like to go fast and, you know, fuck shit up. Which, that's that's what you get with a Fast and the Furious movie. I mean, it's, but, I mean, it's just... It's dumb candy at this point. You're just like... I mean, like, it, it literally took, like, going back and rewatching the first film, and I'm like, man, I forgot how focused on the cars it was. And, like, slowly, like, car culture has been removed from the franchise and, like... Now it's just straight-up action Just straight-up action, yes. Um, I mean, to to a ridiculous degree that somehow I'm probably still going to end up watching. But (laughs) I said the same thing about Hobbs and Shaw, though. I still hadn't got around to watching that shit. Hobbs and Shaw, it's a good buddy action movie. I mean, it's... (laughs) In the ridiculous Fast and the Furious way, but since it's not 
technically Fast and the Furious. There's not as much car action, but yeah, it's 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 fucking good. You should watch it. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm convinced. I don't know. I've been binge watching so much. I mean, I had to binge watch a regulars to prep for this episode, and then. I kept reading about, you know, um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and it's like, I want to wait till the seasons are out, but too many damn people are talking about it, <laughs> so it's like, I need to get on the bandwagon, otherwise, you know. You're going to accidentally seeing a spoiler on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for folks that have not checked out the series, well, I guess let's backtrack to F9. If you're, um, you know, suits your fancy and you're wanting to check it out. Looks like June 25th is going to be our release date. Yeah, and theaters are actually reopening if you yeah, don't want to watch it online. Um, let's see here. I think our fi- our local theater is finally reopening. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look and see. Because um... I think, kind of like when I said with Kong, like I kind of wanted to see that on the big screen. Well, Fast and the Furious has enough action sequences that I, I kind of want to see that one on a big screen too. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, hmm. sometime in May, Mayish. Yeah, I thought if it was either the May or, area. <laughs> or, or June or something like that. But um, Regal had a uh, uh, as of right now May fourteenth, um, which is pretty good because the last uh, release date before that was August twenty eighth of twenty twenty. <laughs> um, obviously, that did not happen. Um. So, I, I don't know, you know, go check out the Regal website if there's one in your local neck of the woods and, you know, see uh, what dates you have. But, um, yeah, back to my, my Winter Soldier thing. So, I thought we were going to give the folks a special double feature on this podcast. So I'm like, Benja watching all this shit. And I'm like, wait, it's not even over with yet. Like, yeah, we still got one more episode. <laughs> so, anyway... um. I spent a lot more time in front of uh, the TV screen than typically I would. Um, speaking of spending, uh, dude, did you see the figures for Amazon's The Lord of the Rings series for the first season? It's like movie budget. Like, <laughs> dude, $465 million for the first season. Like, this is like, um, what was, uh, there was some like, was it Terra Nova or some shit? It was on, you know, primetime TV, you yeah, know, so, yeah, there's, several years there's ago just, with dinosaurs and shit, but the budget just got so extraordinary that it's like, yeah, we can't do this. We can't afford. Yeah, and like, you think what, typical Amazon, maybe 10 episodes. So yeah, you're talking probably 40 million an episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, originally they had budgeted at a billion dollars for five seasons. They're halfway there. On, on the first season, like if you first season probably gonna be most expensive because you got to build. But all then those again, sets. like I, I'm, I'm wondering, like I guess I don't understand the financials of how this works. But unless like there's an insurgence of new people subscribing to Amazon Prime or something, how the fuck do they recoup their money? I, I don't know. Like, or is it just on loan? I mean, and we... how does you know Netflix make money? You know, it's. I mean, I guess, you know, okay, well, we're going to spend these millions of dollars and, you know, every year we get X number of dollars, so the loans paid off for this will be, you know, over the... I'm just not sure, you know? Um, But basically, like, so the comparison you use, 
HBO was spending about a hundred million per season on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, per season. <laughs> so like, I I just don't know that Lord of the Rings like, which I was never like I wasn't a fan of like the movies. So it's like I don't really care. But there's a lot of people who like Lord of the Rings, and so there's a bunch of people gonna be excited about this. And if they're spending that much money, it's gonna be. It's a fucking movie fucking quality people each episode. Walking. Even the trees fucking walk in this series. <laughs> There's only one return, and that's of the Jedi, not the king. <laughs> every every like I actually like Lord of the Rings. Um but yeah, I mean dude, clerks just fucking <laughs> that little skit just fucking had me rolling on the floor laughing out loud you know to throw back to the 90s people don't even know what the fuck that means anymore <laughs> um yeah i just I, I i don't know man like more more power to them i suppose but i just don't see this uh being set up um you know for success but who knows um I guess this will be, you know, that's set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So, so it's a prequel to a prequel? <laughs> Correct. Interesting. Um, I guess this is going to show the. Uh, uh, basically, it's going to show. The of the rings and whatnot. You know, the, where the, the powers were forged, um, how the kingdoms rose to glory, fell to ruin. Um, yeah, I mean. Interesting. I'm, I mean, so at least it something new isn't going to be, what's... you know, like a retelling of you know what we've already had. Um, it's got potential. It's a new story. It's not a rehashing of already told stories. And I don't know. You know, you can always, uh, you know, I, I can't really talk about Lord of the Rings or watch Lord of the Rings without you know playing some Led Zeppelin, Misty Mountain. You know, that just <laughs> you know they, they kind of go hand in hand. Watch some uh, Leonard Nimoy singing uh, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I wish I had $465 million. I would not make a Lord of the Rings franchise <laughs> series. Um, speaking of uh, something else that's a remake. Uh, remember a little film from 1982 called Slumber Party Massacre? Oh, vaguely. It, it, yeah. it isn't my rotation of 80s horror. <laughs> well, apparently, um, you know, the, the cult horror film is getting a reboot for um, sci-fi. Hmm. It, it'll it be a contemporary reimagining um, by the person that did the Banana Splits and Vagrant Queen movies um, and written um, by Ash vs. Evil Dead's Suzanne Keeley. Ooh. So that might, might make be it kind interesting. Of interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> like some of these, we will see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, plus, like being on Sci-Fi Channel, I mean, you're not gonna get super bloody with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's dude, not like I'm, I'm, it's not you know. You know, like HBO or like some kind of like, you know, uncensored cable. It's still sci-fi. So, and sci-fi makes some really bad originals, but they're always good enough. 
They're 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 so bad they're good a lot of the time. So they're they're worth watching. And I mean, slumber, you know. Uh, our... I used to work night shift. I used to watch a lot of fucking sci-fi originals. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's always a fine area when you start messing with some of the cult classics. Yeah. You know, because um, either you're gonna love them or you're gonna hate them. Um, I don't know. I I I could just see this going either way. I I, I think I would rather it, you know, either a movie studio or something, you know. Do an actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I just feel like there's, you know, certain antics and certain things that you could play through, you know, a contemporary reimagining. Um, you know, I'm sorry. You've got to have gore and you got to have nudity. Yeah. I mean, or Without it's not those, an 80s horror movie. Uh, <laughs> you know. But then again, I mean, it is a reimagining for modern times and modern times as we can't have nudity or gore. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> cancel it all, man. Hey, calm down there, cancel culture. <laughs> um, all right, another trailer that came across. Army of the Dead. Holy <sighs> fuck. This is like World War Z on fucking steroids. <laughs> Straight up fucking rage virus. Get the fuck out of here, Umbrella. You're so, you know, mutant creatures. I got <laughs> nothing on this shit. Yeah, um, we talked about this when it was first announced, but they've just released a trailer. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize the first time we talked about it that it was going to be a Netflix original. So it's coming out on Netflix May 21st, I believe. And, yeah, it looks like crazy action. It's like a heist movie set in a zombie apocalypse. So it, from the looks of it, like, there was a zombie outbreak and Vegas is kind of in the quarantine zone. So fucking Guardian of the Galaxy Dave Batista and a team of mercs decide to go uh, into the quarantine zone and rob a casino in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and it just looks insane. I, I mean, there's a fucking zombie tiger. One of like Siegfried and Roy's tigers got out and got zombified. So, <laughs> so is that now a Zyger? Uh, yeah. Zyger. That, that's probably a title of another sci-fi original movie is Zyger. Uh, and also from the trailer, the best use of Kenny, uh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're trying to, like, talk to me. I'm like, dude, shut up. There is greatness occurring in my ears right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, straight up, like, the best music video for The Gambler I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's one I'm definitely watching when it uh, when it hits the Netflix. We'll have to get drink some whiskey and uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, watch I, Dave Pazisa shoot zombies. I, I think at that point. Yeah, you know, like... I was like, man, is the zombie genre, like, over with? Or, or are we getting bored with zombies? The answer is no. They still they're still making zombie movies. Yeah, the ones and that I, I don't know. I mean, they this is set to release in set theaters too. I don't know what theaters, but you know. Um, well, I think that's something that Netflix they'll do like a a one day release something like that because I guess the rules of uh, like before you're eligible for awards and shit, you have to like have a theatrical release. So they'll do like a limited theatrical release before so it'll probably be like somewhere in san francisco yeah or, like there's know, a couple Beverly like major Hills. city theaters probably you know somewhere very california hollywoodish uh fucking zombies man whoa it's they're, the they're attacking <laughs> is, is that the call of the zyger yeah Dong. <laughs> one day we're gonna go through an episode without fucking playing with the mic stands but until then until then um so, uh, me and your wife were planning a trip to Africa, right? Because that's kind of our, <laughs> our running, you know, 
Gotta yeah, go, gotta is, go see those rains. Exactly. You know, um, I gotta bless the rains in Africa, and um, apparently that's the one thing that you know her and I have in common. <laughs> um, so, and, and I'm my, disappointed the trailer did not include Africa, though. <laughs> I am. I'm really disappointed in that too. And what we're talking about is a you know 2021 um, Lionsgate film called Endangered Species, where you know people that apparently have. No clue about the call of the wild. Learn about the call of the wild. Unfortunately, um, they are not prepared for such a ca- uh, calling. Because, um, much like Australia, everything, everything in Africa you. you know probably wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, they try to go off roading and break down in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean they're on the middle of a safari, and like literally the sign says, you know, road closed. Don't go this way. Blah blah blah. Let's go that way. <laughs> And then not only they're having to fight off the wildlife, they run across a couple poachers that are like, hey, we've hunted every animal on the continent. We've never hunted humans. Let's hunt these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, now you got some hills have eye shit going down in Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, this one looks uh, looks to be interesting. So, I don't know. You know, one of those that may or may not pan out. I don't know, you know. Um <laughs> But uh, I guess select theaters and uh, digital on demand May 28th. Any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share with the listeners at home? Ah, before we do our outro, uh, since our last recording, we've lost DMX. Uh, so you know, all of us old school fans of 90s 90s rap is like, yeah, just like, all right, fuck, R.I.P. to DMX. Like I've I've been going through the DMX catalog this week and I'm like, man, this motherfucker had a lot of hits. I like forgot about how much badass songs he made. So yeah, do yourself a favor, pull up the uh Pandora or whatever playlist you uh you use and and just review some DMX for some old time's sake. And with that, check us out on cigarnerdspodcast.com or cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're also on the ESO network at esonetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at cigarnerdpod. Get your energy at strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS. And get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. And with that, elementary, dear Watson. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.